Welcome, everyone. This is the Writer's Retreat. This is our second meeting. I'm Debbie Armstrong, uh, coping with a failing computer hub and a failing keyboard, but I think we're all here, and my clock says it is five. Uh, Let's go around first. We're going to have everybody first who is not in the phone center, everybody who's on their computer, uh, take a turn and talk about where they are in their writing process, possibly introduce themselves. And uh, each of you should talk maybe about a minute or so. And, uh, yeah, whoever wants to start, go ahead. Okay. I'm Abby Taylor. Um, I'm from Sheridan, Wyoming, and I write poetry, fiction, nonfiction. I have published a romance novel, two poetry collections, and a memoir, and I'm working on another novel. And I think that's basically about a minute, so we'll let somebody else have a turn. Hi, I'm Patty Fletcher, self-published author of two books found in two anthologies, owner and creator of Tell It to the World Marketing, and... Um, blogger at large at campbellsworld.wordpress.com I think everybody in here pretty much knows who I am and what I am so I'll pass it Hi, this is Annie Chapetta. Um, I'm uh, an independent author I published a poetry book in 2016 and then a non-fiction book about my experience training with guide dogs and growing up um, with visual impairment in 2017 and I have uh, a third book due out in March 2019. Uh, I blog on www.thought-wheel.com. I have a author's website at www.annchapetta.com. And um, I'm really happy to be here again. I really got, get so much from this group and all of the resources Hi, my name's Adon. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I'm probably out of my depth here. I took a, a little thing on poetry, a retreat, uh, on a weekend. I enjoyed it, and I just uh, wanted to get with some other people to see if they did that and see maybe if I could learn a little bit about that. An author, I am not, at least not yet. And I'm Robert Acosta. I'm just a listener. I'm a reader. But I remember a day when Annie saved me by making me look good, helping me with the release we wrote. And she can sure write. So I back her. And Campbell's Rambles is Patty's book. Fabulous book about her great dog, Campbell. Great to be here. Thank you, Debbie. All right. Do we have anyone else on the computer? I've got... I'm having to work with this little tiny keyboard that's not my favorite, so a little bit of trouble checking who's on the list here. Okay, let's go for the people in the phone center. Um, if there's someone there who'd like to introduce themselves and talk about where they are in the writing process, please come now. My dear, I think we've closed the phone center down, but Ruth Ann, if she's still there, will tell us, but nobody is coming in. Ruth Ann, is anyone in the phone center or Ron? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, 
If there's music, that means no one's there. So Ron and Ruth Ann have disconnected the phone bridge. Well, we appreciate their help. So I'd like, and I have a special question for Patty, so I'd like anybody but Patty to talk now. But don't worry, Patty, we want to hear from you. Uh, What have you done so far to promote your work, and what worked and what did not? Hi, this is Annie. Um, Okay, how did I promote my work? Um, It was kind of... Uh, hit and miss at first, especially with my poetry book, because people are very subjective about poetry in terms of what they like and what they don't like, and a lot of people think they don't like poetry, but that's another subject entirely. Um, So what worked was, you know, my access to social media, um, having the... uh, the editors from DLD Books helped me get uh, a web page going. Um, I also tutored myself on how to um, how to promote myself on Amazon. Um, and uh, you know, the hardest part about the marketing piece is going out there and physically getting to places, to bookstores, um, to gift shops, thing, you know, places like that. Um, I find that very difficult because. You know, I work, but also I'm, you know, I'm really limited with transportation and stuff like that. So I can't do as much as I want, and that's very frustrating for me because um, I want to be out there and I want to be part of that. It's just been a challenge. Um, the other difficult thing is finding places to, um, in my local area, um, like libraries and stuff to see if they want to host you know, an author signing and things like that. I've done a couple and they were very, very um, low turnout um, and I promoted, promoted, promoted and I got very little from that. Um, and the only thing that's a saving grace is that Guiding Eyes, um, I'm local so I can go up to their um, graduations and they let me set up a table and sell my books. Um, that has been wonderful. Um, every time I go up there to sell a book, uh, sell the books, it's about uh, 20 to 25 copies of books. So, so that worked. But I'm, I really would like to see that go in other areas, um, and especially try to get consignment stuff in in small bookshops. That's been really difficult. All right. I I do have a special question for Patty, but I'd like to hear from someone else first about what have they done to promote their work. Okay, well, um, what I usually do after a book comes out, I send a press release to um, different, like, newspapers, uh, our local media conglomerate, uh, radio sta- uh, other radio stations. Um, I, get, I seem to have gotten the most response with the local papers, so I think in the future I'm not going to maybe bother with other papers around the state. I'll just probably just concentrate my efforts locally and then you know, do nationally, and uh, and Patty will probably have some ideas about that. I am definitely going to have her help me once my new novel comes out. We'll probably have her do a media kit and whatever else uh, we might need to, to do. Um, I've also have um, spoken on local talk radio. Uh, you know, I've been called to be interviewed. I've been interviewed about my books. Uh, and that seems to go over pretty well. Uh, and in these stations, they reach a lot of people, so that that helps. I've also, when I can, 
Um, I also do readings in local bookstores. Um, if the book is appropriate for seniors, or seniors would enjoy the book, like my ideal partner, the memoir about how I was a how I was a family caregiver, then I would go also go to the local senior center and sell books there. Uh, the library as well, I'll do stuff there. I also try to get involved. One year I did, I was involved in a forum on self-publishing. I actually moderated it um, at the library here, and then also at the Wyoming Writers Conference, where we I had a panel of authors that talked about self-publishing, and that's also another good way to um, promote promote your work is to get involved in stuff like that. Uh, and of course, I attend writers conferences every year, Wyoming Writers, and then also Wyo which is our state poetry group. And I always get more ideas for marketing at, at those conferences. So that's basically it for me. And for people who've been listening to the recording, that was Abby speaking, and before that, that was Annie. Just so you know, sometimes you hear a recording, and you're like, "Who is that?" Okay, uh, and I'm almost ready for my special question for Patty. But one more person talk about how they promoted their work. I'm sorry, Debbie. I, I'll try to remember to identify myself from now on. I didn't think of that. All right. So as they say in ham radio, hearing nothing. Thank you, Abby. That's no problem. Um, uh, Patty, I didn't give you any advance warning, but you're a pretty confident person. And I was thinking, because we're going to talk about your business in a little while, I would like to hear from you now just how you personally promoted your work. And then we'll come back to it, question five, and talk about your business. Patty, can you copy? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. I had to step away for just a second and let let somebody in. Um, ask your question one more time, please. I apologize. Oh, don't stress out. And I didn't mean to hurt your feelings in any way. I wanted to make sure we had time to hear you. I'm going to be asking about your business in a few questions, but right now I'd like to know how you personally promoted your work. Not how you promote the work of others. We're getting to that. But how did you promote your own stuff? Oh, well, first of all, you didn't hurt my feelings. I just was, I just had to step away to let somebody in the house. They were, they're moving stuff into a, um, a building out back. Anyway, um, how do I personally promote? Um, well, when I began, I didn't really have, well, I had some idea of what, I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it because I had been watching other self-published authors work in the social media arena. And so I, um, after I published, I began to join Facebook writers groups and email writers groups and it you do a lot of sifting that first year, um, or at least I did, to find the places where I best fit because I was very aggressive at it. Um, I printed business cards, and I carry those even yet today. This is something I do. I carry business cards everywhere I go. I have them set by my door so that if a delivery comes, um, say I order pizza with a tip. If it's a driver that's never gotten a card, they get a card with their tip. Cable guy comes in to install cable. He's got a card in his hand before he leaves. I carry them with me everywhere I go. If somebody comes up to me and, or if I'm in conversation with somebody and I, I can work it around to the book, which I have a hook beside me all the time, which is scandal. 
And people are all time wanting to know about the dog, and I'll engage them in conversation and say, oh, well, by the way, here's a card. Um, this will tell you more about us and where, how we got together. And um, <clears throat> so I kind of have a gimmick a little bit. But um, I also, I, somebody was talking a while ago about bookstores and getting their books into bookstores. I can relate to the um, trouble with getting out publicly to the bookstores. So what I started doing is I developed a letter and I would go online and research local bookstores in my area and I would send the letter out profiling me and my books and offering them the books for consignment. And if I got a response, I would then send them via mail, if I couldn't get there, one copy of the book and, again, a copy of that letter. And if they were interested, then I would either deliver the books myself or order and have them shipped directly to the bookstore. And I do have my books in two places now. Oh, that's excellent. I knew you'd give a great answer. Um, okay, so now we're going to find out what methods have you not tried that you've heard about that you want to try, and anyone can go now. I guess this is Annie. Uh, what I've not tried is actually um, like, uh, you know, having somebody um, in my local area, like local marketing people, um, Someone that could meet with me, and we could go over a contract and how much it would cost, all that kind of stuff. Um, that I would love to do, and but I just haven't found the right person yet. Because um, I really would like to have my footprint in my home area, and it, I've been finding it very difficult to get there. One thing I haven't tried, which I would be, I would like to do, but I don't think it's going to be feasible, uh, is to contact different bookstores around the state and arrange to go you know, to tour and visit the bookstores and read from my books and, you know, sign copies and, and whatnot. You know, since I don't drive, and I, of course we all have this problem, so since I don't drive, I'd have to hire somebody, I have to pay them, I have to pay for gas, and I just don't know if something like that is going to actually net enough sales to make it, it worth the cost of gas and lodging and food and whatnot. So, but that is something to consider. If I had, if I could, if I could drive my own car, I might consider more seriously consider doing that. But otherwise, it's it's really not that plausible. I don't think. Abby, if I may, I'm just a listener. Would 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 reading passages at bookstores in Braille, not the whole book, obviously, but would Braille attract them? Then they'd see your book and hopefully buy it. Some gimmick. Oh, I read, when I do readings, I read in Braille all the time. That's the only way, really, that I can do it. I could make it, I could print it off in large print, but then I have to hold it close to my face, and so the paper is covering my face, and my voice is not projecting outwards, people can hear, and I read more slowly if I read large print. So I read Braille all the time, and yes, I, I do. That does seem to, you know, to draw people who aren't familiar with it, you know, and I've, and I've been told, you know, that's fascinating, you know, how you move your fingers across the page, and and read that. Uh, so yes, Bob, that that's a really good point. I think it, it does it does draw some attention, more attention to me than it might draw to a sighted writer. Okay, anyone else want to talk about any methods that they would like to try but haven't? I'm just wondering 
I'm just a listener also, but I was wondering uh, if you need to go to a place where they're actually selling books. I guess that would be best, of course. At bookstores, sometimes there's not a lot of people there. I wonder if you go where there's lots of people and they set up a stand uh, and uh, advertise what you are and who you are, uh, where there are thousands of people coming through, like our state uh, thing of Texas. Uh, oh, what the hell called? Uh, State Fair of Texas. Would that be somewhere that someone would think? Because there are so many people there that if you uh, put a little stand and uh, advertise who you are and what you are, maybe you could get people stopped by that way. Is that a silly idea? If I may, I, I agree with LeDon. UCLA every year has a major book fair, and the authors come and tons of people come. Now, what it costs to get a booth and do it, I don't know. I'm sure in New York and other places they do the same. Um, let me just talk to you a minute about fairgrounds. I was thinking that our Appalachia State Fair in Gray, Tennessee, would be an absolute fantastic place to set up a book booth. So I called, and the cheapest booth I could get was $200 a day. It's extremely expensive to do booths. Yes, our pet therapy group that I'm very involved in had the same problem. Actually, and our dog scout group wanted to put together a booth and, and found it was just too expensive for us. But there are other things that are free, so you just have to keep your eyes open. I'm going to move on to the third question. We can always add stuff later at the end. Have you hired someone to publicize your work, and how did that work out? This is Annie. Um, Patty publicizes for me um, because of DLD Books. Um, and a contract that they have that she has with DLD. That's my understanding. It's been working out really great, especially on social media. And um, Patty pushes me all the time <laughs> to do more and get more out there. And I really thank her for that. She's an inspiration. I also have worked with Patty um, as a result of my contract with DLD Books, and I definitely plan to have her do more when my new book comes out. Uh, because I I do think you know she uh, knows what she knows what she's doing and she's very she uh, just she has this stick toitiveness that you know I I I don't always have and she you know she just keeps going and going and going she's like the Energizer Buddy Energizer Bunny so uh, it, it's just wonderful you know so I definitely plan to have her help me with my new book comes out. Well, I'm going to skip directly to question five then, because I really want Patty to talk about her business. I'd like to know, Patty, uh, what you do to market other people's work, but I'd also like to know why people choose you instead of doing it themselves. So if you talk about that for at length, actually, that's, this is your question. Go ahead. Okay. I'll answer the second part of the question first. I think the reason that people hire me is... This is extremely time-consuming. It's also very frustrating. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that that I do for people is content writing, promoting, and I incorporate my blog and my social media platforms in with advertising. And so, say for instance, Abby or Ann put a post on their blog, I'm going to be tracking that, and I'm going to 
share those posts onto my blog, onto social media, and I'm always, I'm, I'm subscribed and I follow over 100 blogs that are author-related. And so I'm always looking for places where people can be guest bloggers, um, they can be interviewed. I also follow internet radio, and so I'm always looking for uh, places where they can be interviewed online, on radio. Um, I follow um, writers' conference schedules, and if I see one in the area of a client, I'll send that information to them. Um, so it's a constant process of finding information and matching the information to the client. It's a constant process of <clears throat> promoting their content writing. Abby does book reviews. Um, she writes some other really wonderful stuff and has a plethora of great content that she writes. And it doesn't all, everything on your blog or that you write to post to someone else's blog or social media doesn't necessarily have to be related to your book. My goal is to engage the reader with the author. I remember when I was growing up and fell in love with books, I had all these questions. What does this person do when they're not writing? What do they like? What do they not like? What do they read? Um, what struggles do they have? Is it always easy? You know, that kind of thing. So when I began to develop my business, I began to um, think along those lines, and I developed <coughs> excuse me, columns to reflect that. I have the author's corner, and pretty much anything goes in there. Book excerpts, poetry, uh, what you ate for dinner last night, a recipe. I have one client who writes these beautiful pieces, recipes, and she incorporates a memory that goes along with the recipe. And so she tells a story, and then she shares the recipe to coordinate with the story. And they make wonderful blog posts. And then the ad is incorporated into that. And so the person's writing and their book ad is put up on the blog, and that's automatically shared to my four platforms, which are Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I've been this week working very hard to get a stronger presence on Google+, and LinkedIn. I haven't been as strong in those areas as I would like. So I've been trying to strengthen those foundations this week a little more. So it's a constant process of trying to get the reader engaged with the the author. I have another column that's authors, they're only human, and I like to get people to write about things they've struggled with, like what promotion didn't work or what what struggle. I have a couple of authors who have written how they've struggled with their disabilities in their writing or how um, other obligations stood in the way of, of their work or um, how becoming disabled led them to the path that they're on now. And the reason for that is that 
you know, people get the idea that writers and actors and and people of any public acclaim don't struggle, and we do. So there's authors, they're only human, and then we have reading with the authors, and that answers the question of what does the author read when they're not writing? What do they read for inspiration? And so I have them write book reviews, send me book reviews, or um, a piece on how a book inspired them or how an author inspired them and again this engages them with the reader and then when I publish them on my blog and to the other social media I like for them to comment on the, the piece that has been published on the blog and even if another reader doesn't chime in to the conversation they're seeing me and the author engage in conversation and in that conversation, and there, I see where people are following these conversations. I, I am able to see all that. So in the process of their commenting back and forth and us having a conversation, I'm leading them in conversation, and we're showing the reader more about that author. And that makes, if, if you put a personal touch on it, people want to read the book. And what else I found out, since my first book has been on NLS, and the second one is soon to be there, I hope, um, what I found with that is having the book on NLS, blind readers or physically disabled readers read those books, and then they buy them for family. I've had many people say to me, oh, my sister is multiply disabled, and she needs to read this book, or... My niece is in a domestic violence relationship. Maybe if she reads this book, it will assist her. Um, and so that's also a marketing tool, if you use it correctly. All right. That was excellent. That was even better than I hoped for, Patty. Thank you so much. All right. Now, um, I have a question as a doofus. This is the doofus who's never tried to publicize herself question. What's the difference between a marketer and an agent? Um, a marketer is what I do or similar. There's all kinds of marketing. Advertising is the name of the game. Selling your product. Um, an agent, they shop your book around to publishers. Um, let's say that you want to traditionally publish. And you would begin to research agents. And you would then send a query letter and whatever else the agent will We'll put up guidelines. This is what you send to submit your work. They look at your work and they decide whether it's marketable. And a lot of things go into that decision. And then if they take, decide to take you on to shop your book around to be published for, for traditional publishing, or there are agents that shop around for indie publishers as well. If they decide to, to take you on... Um, then in that vein, they are looking for someone, for a company who is willing to take your book, publish it, and then market that book under their brand. 
and I don't know a lot about all that. That that is about the end of my knowledge there because I'm not a traditional publisher, and most I'm shopping a, a book around for a client now for for an indie publisher editor, and so I guess I'm doing that kind of work. But an agent will request ten percent of your they'll, they'll request ten percent of your royalties right off the top before you get to keep any of your money. So I don't do that. That's part of my package. It's I've got a client, and they're going to put out a, a book, and they're looking for somebody to help them do that. I'll help help them shop it around. All right. That really does clarify things. All right, moving on to question six. What uh, newsletters and mailing lists do all of you subscribe to to learn about opportunities to showcase your writing? This is Annie. Uh, I subscribe to other writers' blogs. Um and I also uh, became a Writer's Digest member. Uh, I really like the kind of uh, promoting things that they offer and uh, also the, uh, the, the, the special marketing tips and things that they push out. Um, I can't even think about how many email lists and groups and, and, um, that I belong to. There's quite a bit. Um, and, you know, you ha- like Patty said before, you have to sift through all of it and see what applies to you as a writer, um, your genre uh, or genres. Um, you, know, you know, just because uh, X Review wants, uh, you know, unpublished poetry, that doesn't mean that what you write is appropriate for what they want. And that's a lot of research and it's time consuming and a bit tedious but um you know i believe it's worth it because you need to do your research about your work you need to know your work and you need to try to find people that will be approachable about your work this is abby taylor uh besides of course this this particular list at groups.io i well i subscribe to several other writers groups that have or I belong to other writers groups that have mailing lists. Um, our state group that I've mentioned earlier, Wyoming Writers, that has the conference where I did the um, program on self-publishing, they have a state newsletter that comes out every couple of months. And it has a markets column. And actually, the markets column is written by yours truly. <laughs> so um, I also get a subscribe to the Writer Magazine which is on BARD, and I have it set up so that I get notices if I email when it's available for download. I also get Poets and Writers from Bookshare. Both those magazines have a lot of marketing opportunities. As Patty said, you have to sift through and find the ones that are right for you. And uh, let's see, I I think that's basically it. So I think that answers your question. What I do, I subscribe. Darn it. I subscribe to several uh, writers' newsletters um, on blogs, and one that comes to mind is, um, darn it, where is it at? Publishers Advisor, and um, 
I get a lot of good stuff out of that. I also have one. Uh, Freedom of Writing is another good one. And um, I also subscribe to several of the magazines that were already mentioned here. The, um, the Writer's Magazine. And I didn't know about the Writer's Digest. I'll have to see about that one. But um, I also... Uh, there are a couple of uh, email lit or excuse me newsletters for the blind that provide ad space. Two that come to mind are the Blind Post and Consumer Vision. Another one that I really have taken a liking to, and she now has over two thousand subscribers. Is um, The Blind Perspective, and another one that you have to be a member of the Facebook group to subscribe to this, but it's called Indie Publishers, hang on, I'm reading and talking, well, Indie Publisher News Magazine. And it's put out by Claire Plaisted, P-L-A-I-S-T-E-D. And um, she has a huge subscription, and it's for self-published authors. And I provide content writing for her as well. Something I do that hasn't been mentioned yet, um, I've subscribed to some newsletters and to a lot of the things that have been talked about so far. But I also um, subscribe to a lot of writers' podcasts. And I find them very helpful. They're, they're good with um, resources, and they're good with interviewing authors who've had experience, and I can learn a lot from what they have uh, done with their writing. Um, a lot of technique stuff that I'm interested in. I read a lot of writing books. Uh, some are audiobooks, some are from Bookshare. Uh, it just depends. But I really really like the podcast because they seem to be a little bit, for me anyway, a little bit more personal and um, I can learn more and absorb more from hearing other authors talk about their experiences or publishers and agents as well. The creative pen comes to mind for a good podcast. Great answers, you guys. I'm going to move on to my last question, but afterwards we'll all get to chime in anything we want, including anyone asking more questions. Have you found any unusual ways to promote yourself? And if so, can you describe them? This is Annie. I, I actually laughed to myself when you asked that question. Because like Patty, I, I have a handy-dandy um, selection of things at any given time, including um, my business card, um, the postcard with a wonderful photograph of the front of my book and all the buying links on the back. And uh, I do carry at least one copy, <laughs> maybe more. It depends on where I'm going. Um, and uh, it comes in very handy. So from dentist's office to being on the paratransit bus and um, striking up conversations. Uh, so those are all unusual, um, spur-of-the-moment types of um, connections and sometimes they're the most fulfilling. Um, I had an opportunity 
last a couple of weeks ago, I went to my favorite deli grocery store to eat breakfast, and they have a live radio show broadcast there every day that profiles um, community events and persons within the community who enhance the, the community. And so I'm sitting there eating breakfast, and I do happen to know the host of this show, but I'm eating breakfast, and it's about 10 minutes for him to go on the air, and he yells across the room at me and says, I don't have a guest until 10.30. Come and talk. And so just out of the blue, I'm sitting there eating my breakfast and having my coffee, and the next thing I know, I'm on the air talking about my business and my book. And um, all sundry other things. And um, so that was kind of unusual. The other thing is, I now sell, and yes, it's related, but it just kind of seems odd to me when I tell people this. My books are now in the gift shop kiosk of my veterinarian office. And so that's been interesting. Wow, so many great stories. Okay, um, it's time for anybody who's listening and uh, or anybody who's talked already to ask questions of each other. So if you have a question, go now. Well, I would hardly ask questions of you guys because I wouldn't know the answers if you asked me questions. However, my friend Don has a program called A Journey Through History, and he gets interviews from the author of the book that we read. He obviously goes to YouTube and gets them from the colleges, wherever the author's making a statement. Have any of you thought of going to grad schools or going to the chairman of the English department, getting even a grad student or somebody to read your book and interview you on YouTube? And that, I mean, I want to write to Annie about uh, training with a guide dog. I, I heard about Campbell's Rambles, and I ordered the book and read that. That's my personal thing. But I think the guide dog thing, puppy raisers, you know, um, all the schools put them on the website if they'll let you. I certainly would help uh, not just Andy, but people with GDA, uh, Guide Dogs of America, say, can you can you put a, a link or something? But anyway, have anybody thought of going and getting on YouTube where the whole world sees you? I have an interview that's done on YouTube, and I have a, a network connection that I can connect people to. And he does do YouTube uh, interviews. Uh, you may have heard of him, Maxwell Ivy Jr. And um, he is quite popular. He's a traveling blogger. He's blind. But he does a YouTube show, and he does an excellent, and I do mean excellent, interview. It was probably one of the best uh, interviews I've ever done. And I have a link to it, but yes, YouTube uh, is a big idea. And once a month, I happen to know of a indie group who does a live YouTube chat once a month, and you can go on and you are live streaming as the chat is happening. And I have gone and attended this. And people will tweet in questions, and you are answering and engaging with people 
right then and there. And if people are interested in being on this show, um, I can set you up, network you in with the people that do that. Other questions? Otherwise, I'm going to ask one. I have a question, actually. I'm wondering what people do about um, book signings. How do you sign books if you do you use like a stamp? Do you actually sign them with a pen, like an an author who could see would do it, or um, you know what are what are some ways of doing book signings that you may have to use a little bit of a di- ad- adaptation? I made certain when I published my books and had them printed that there was room in the front of the book for blank space for me to write in and I simply sat down with scratch paper and practiced writing with love Patty and Campbell when I published Campbell's Rambles and when I published Bubba Tales T-A-I-L-S I learned to write with love King Campbell, a.k.a. Bubba. That took a little longer. I do not use a stamp. Um, I do sign them. I keep a business card and just use it as a signature guide. The whole page is, is the whole bottom half of the page is empty. And so I always have that. Uh, this is Abby Taylor. I uh, I used to use a stamp, and I had one of those that had the ink pad with it. But it's it just got to be a pain in the anatomy. And I have enough vision to where I can see what I'm writing if I write big enough. So if I can, if I if I think to get have, make sure they're hand, I have them ha- have one handy. I'll use a felt tip pen to sign, and then I can see what I'm doing. Um, if not, just a regular pen works. I just have to write pretty big, and usually. I just write, there's enough space in the front of, fronts of my books between the title and the author. I just write them in there. But it, like I said, I have enough vision, so this may not work for someone who is totally blind. Well, I'm going to give you one as an old teacher. I used to write in their yearbooks. You know, I told them what I wrote. But, I, but whatever it is, I had lines around the block from kids that weren't even in my class. Again, Braille is a powerful force. They'll never forget you if they see something in Braille. Oh, that nice blind lady, that author. I'm glad I got her book. That's my opinion anyway. And it worked with, it's only yearbooks, and I'm not selling the books or anything. But, man, the line was around the block. How did you put Braille in the yearbook? Did you use a slate and stylus? Because I have thought about doing that. It's a little tricky with the book, but I think it might be doable. I used the Slate and Stylus, and they showed me where they wanted it, as close to their name. Or they said, okay, do the back page or the front page, there's blank. And I used the Slate. I did not use a Braille or anything. Okay, I'm going to have a book signing where I sign in Braille and see what happens. Cool. Hey, okay, it's time for my question. The moderators have to be last. Um, so Kindle. So I'm a big Kindle fan. In fact, if my husband knew how much I bought on Kindle, he'd probably kill me. But I love my Kindle, and I do buy a lot of books. And most of them are um, like books that sell for a dollar or two, and they're from unknown authors. And I always try to write reviews on Amazon. I guess I want to know, are you guys all on Kindle, and have you been telling your friends to be sure and review your books? I just kind of buy random books and review them. I don't know the authors. 
any time, just about any time that you publish with Create Space, your book is on Kindle. And yes, reviews on Amazon, Goodreads, um, and BookBub are three top places. And Smashwords. People forget about Smashwords. But you can review on Smashwords, and that's really important too. Um, but pretty much, if you publish with CreateSpace and KDP Publishing, your book is definitely in a Kindle format. This is Abby Taylor. Um, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, I am also on Kindle. Uh, my latest one, I, uh, my ideal partner is, uh, and I'm pretty sure the two books I published from my universe are on Kindle. Um, that's Life. My third collection was published by a traditional publisher, and they made it available to Amazon, but for some reason, it's not on Kindle. Um, but I do try to encourage people to make reviews on Amazon. The problem is, if you read, if say you download the book from Bard or Bookshare, or you get it from Audible, you try to review it on Amazon, uh, good luck, because for some reason it won't, doesn't go through, and it won't, they won't tell you why. But I'm suspecting it's because you didn't buy the book there. So I, I try to review the books where I bought them if I can. Um, if I download them from Bard, I'll review them on the DB review list. If I get them from Audible, I'll review them there. And when I do read Kindle, I do now read Kindle books. I recently got an Amazon Echo device, and so now I can read Kindle books, and when I get around to reading them, I will review them on the site. And so that's that's how I do it. Yeah, Bob Acosta, Abby stole my thunder slightly. Guide Dog Users Incorporated has just published a book. It's I'll try to do it. A handbook uh, for prospective guide dog handlers. And guess what? It was in Amazon, and I got it on Kindle and read it on Echo. And it was a great thrill. And now it's going to be in Bookshare. Hi, this is Annie. I got kicked off. I just came back. So I missed some of the conversation about signing and everything so i'll catch up but anyway bob i'm glad you mentioned that the introduction um is written by yours truly of the uh handbook for the prospective guide dog handler so i was very pleased to have been invited to um to write the introduction to that book um and in terms of kindle i'm an active kindle reader and all my books are up on kindle and i am starting a campaign for the individuals that are on my personal author's email list, uh, that if they can refer a friend to me, I will give them a free Kindle download um, of my book, Follow Your Dog, A Story of Love and Trust. I just sent that out. I haven't received anything yet, but I'm hoping that this stirs up some interest. I'm, I, I'm, I was remiss. And when I did see the introduction, I said, I know her. I was screaming, Ruth Ann, it's Annie on here. But I should have guessed. It was excellent. And I'm going to get the other one, Follow Your Dog, A Story of Love and Trust. We'll find it. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. The way to, um, Abby was talking about books that you want to review on Amazon that you downloaded from Bookshare or Bard. If... I want to review a book on Amazon that I did not buy on Amazon. If you place in the area where it says header or heading about this book, 
I was given a copy of this book for the purpose of a review. Most times the review will be accepted. Patty, that's an excellent suggestion. I'm going to try that. Goodreads is another place that that you can review books, and it's extremely accessible. And <clears throat> when I add a book to my shelf, it doesn't matter where I got the book from. They don't care. I just simply um, review it. And I, if I got it from NLS, I just leave out the information from NLS, but I'll say this book I read from the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. I've never had a, a review taken down from Goodreads. Smashwords, again, is another extremely accessible site to review your books on. Uh, the other thing about Smashwords is I believe it is unprotected EPUB, which means you can play it on a Victor Reader stream or read it with QRead, which happens to be the way I like to read EPUBs. You are correct. Um, you can download an RTF file and read on your computer from Smashwords. You can download a PDF file. You can download a Kindle. And you can buy paperback from there. Uh, this is Abby Taylor. Yes, uh, you can. Yeah, and they are un- they're not protected. So you, I, I haven't read the EPUB version. I usually just get the PDF and convert it to text and put it on my stream that way. I didn't know they. I'd never seen RTFs, but that would that would also be a good way to do it. Yeah, I'm with. I agree with Patty on that one. This is Annie. Um, Smashwords is also great for authors to get to know um, their readers because they have. Um, author profile, and if you fill out the questions, um, you know, uh, as you go, um, you can create an extensive author's profile, and that really helps readers get to know who you are. I was going to say that. They have a wonderful um, self-interview, and I mean, there's like just so many questions, and then if you run out, which I did, and I added my own questions, and what I did is I took lists of questions that people have emailed me over the years, and I added them to my review. Now I need to go up there and check that, because I'm starting to wonder if I need to update it. Well, I think I have one more question, but let's see if anybody else has a question first. All right. I want to ask about pictures. Uh, Patty, does your Bubba book have pictures in it? And any of you other people, do you have uh, pictures in your books? And how do you get them in there? This is Abby Taylor. Uh, I don't have any pictures in the books, but my my m- most of my books covers have photos on them. Uh, my ideal partner, I used our wedding picture, and I just basically se- emailed that to Leonor Dvorkin, and she or David, I, I think David does the formatting, he inserted the cover. I also sent them a, a profile picture to put on the back cover, and that's basically, you know, I really don't see the need, unless I'm, if I'm writing a picture book, you know, like, like Bubba Tales, then yeah, I would put pictures, but otherwise I don't see a need to insert pictures in books myself. Bubba Tales is illustrated. I when I had it published through Place of Publishing House, her family if the business is a family unit. Her daughter designed the cover, her son did the illustrations for the book. And Billy, I'm gonna be doing a um, re release of Campbell's Rambles and adding material and tightening up some writing etc. And there are, I am going to have pictures inserted 
in each part, like part one, part two, part three, there will be a picture at the top of each page where those new parts start with a picture that's relative to that specific portion of the book. And that's something that I personally have decided to do. Um, like it or not, we are promoting to the majority of the world as sighted readers and people like pictures. It's been something that I have come to find is necessary on my blog. I've started inserting more media onto my blog and I found Google Images and I'm working with Claire Placed on learning how to insert images into my blog posts. I'm also trying to get people to take more photographs of Campbell and me to get pictures. I do find that Photos help sell the product. This is Annie. Um, yeah, Patty, I agree with you completely. We live in a sighted world, and, and we need to have eye candy. <laughs> um, my first book um, of poetry really didn't have, I mean, I had my sister, who is a photographer. Um, she took the pictures for uh, the cover and the back cover and my, um, my author's photo and she also took the one picture of um, my retired guide, Verona, with snow on her nose. So that was the one picture in the poetry book. And it's black and white anyway, so it wouldn't have made a difference whether it was black and white in the book versus um, the e-book, which would have been full color if it was color, but it was black and white. Um, in uh, Follow Your Dog, I have quite a few pictures in there, um, and in the electronic version they are full color um, but in the print version they are all black and white um, I love photographs um, that's one thing I truly miss about losing my vision I used to be a very visually um, focused person um, most of my life so um, you know I really wanted follow your dog to have the photographic history of of my life and so um, with help from other people we made that happen and um, the book that I'm going to release in March is going to be a combination of poetry and prose um, short um, pieces and uh, I already have a list of f photographs that I'm, I'm going to be putting in there and um, because I want it to be visually pleasing as well as um, as uh, pleasing to read, so um, that's it. Well, that's really fascinating. <laughs> Actually, the reason I was asking this question is I submitted an article to the Braille Monitor, and uh, don't tell anybody, but I belong both to ACB and NFB, so they can duke it out and figure out which one they want, which which half of me they want. But I submitted an article to the Braille Monitor, and I've submitted articles to the Blind Californian before. I never had any trouble. But the Braille Monitor held it up because they wanted a picture. <laughs> and then I submitted an article to the Bark, and they actually published it, but they were miffed because I didn't include a picture. And I also published an article in Herb Quarterly, and they wanted a picture. So it really seems like it's super important now, and I just wish I didn't have to deal with that part of things. The first thing I want to tell you is that you just told everybody who will come and listen to this recording about your double membership. 
Well, I was kind of joking around, too. I mean, I feel that all the blindness organizations need support, so of course people will hear that, and, you know, I really don't care. Well, I was just being facetious. I was sitting here cracking up when you said that. But, yes, um, some places I've been researching, like I said, I've got one client who is fixing to have two books back-to-back and that she's shopping around, and I've been researching uh, places to submit and a lot of places, even they want to know what your pick, what your cover status is, what your plans for a cover. Do you have a photo for your back and front cover? Um, are you going to have photos inserted? And um, what I recommend is that you find a good family member or friend who can take pictures. Otherwise, you're going to start running into money. Because I tried to find some. I have a deep desire, and I'm going to say this here because I'm hoping somebody out there will be listening and can network me to somebody. I have a deep desire to do a documentary. Uh, One of the things that I'm doing is promoting um, transportation in our area. I just had a victory on that. But I want somebody to go out with us and do a day-in-the-life documentary with me and Campbell and show what we do from the time we leave this house, what is involved. I have so many people walk up to me and say, you make it look so effortless. If you knew how exhausted I was by the time I got home. But I think documentaries, videos, um, and photos are very important. I also think that good audio is important, and something I've been practicing on a messenger group that I belong to is recording with my voice recorder and uploading that to Dropbox and sending it in audio form and letting people listen to my presentations in audio. And so I think you have to work with all forms of media. Uh, this is LaDonna. I was just wondering, as you're developing your book, who do you get to edit it? And how uh, much do they need to know about writing in order to uh, edit a book? And what kind of feedback do you get from an editor? Okay. Um, first of all, if you're going to be a traditional uh, pu- published, which means that you're going to get a publishing company to do it. You need to have your book at least partially edited when you send it in to to shop it. Um, if you're going to be an indie author, um, editors, um, you usually, if you're not going to be able to do your own formatting and everything, you're going to need to have an editor who not only can edit, but they're going to need to know about formatting to put it up on uh, as an ebook and as a print book because the formatting is different for each. Um, yeah, your editor needs to have some knowledge of writing. Most, most editors have published at some time or another, but they need to have some knowledge in writing, and your feedback is going to be constant with an editor. You're always going to have discussion back and forth with your editor about the book, and it's a process. Um, 
You need to, to publish a good book, you need an editor, a couple of beta readers, and a proofreader. This is Abby Taylor. Uh, one of the nice things about DLD books is that they will, if you want them to, they will copy it, your book for you before they format it for publica- publication. And now they've just recently denounced it. And, and uh, originally they would just automatically do it anyway. Now they have just recently announced that if you, you know, they'll just do the formatting. And, you know, if you don't think you need the editing, you can just have them format it. But I, you know, I think it's always a good idea to have a fresh pair of eyes take a look at something. You can go through it, read through it, and edit until the cows come home. But you might still miss something, and so that, and even if you're sighted, it's always a good idea to have a fresh pair of eyes uh, take a look at it. So that's that's what I do. One of the largest complaints that is put out to date concerning indie authors, which is self-published, is the lack of editing that people are doing in their books. So uh, a lot of people, it's become so easy to upload a book onto CreateSpace. And note to blind people, that for, that portion of it is still not 100% accessible there. You're going to run into issues or you're not going to be able to do that yourself. You're going to have to find somebody to do it. DLD Books does it, Place to Publishing House does it, Electrical Eclectic Books will help you do it. There are several that will do that. So you're going to need somebody to assist you with editing. Um, Not having a book edited and just publishing it without editing it is publishing suicide. This is Annie. Um, Yeah, copy editing is really, really, really important. Um, Can't say enough about it. um, having beta readers and being in a good writing community. Um, um, not all writers groups are good writers groups. Finding a good writers group um, and and working through your manuscript with them is very helpful. Um, when I published with DLD, I was very impressed about the copy editing. And um, I thought I had my poetry manuscript pretty much... Um, figured out, you know, in terms of um, formatting and grammar and everything, and um, Lenore found some pretty interesting mistakes that have gotten by me and about five other people, so I can't say enough about copy editing. Uh, I have a question for Bob. Um, Should we continue chatting, Bob, or are you going to have a problem? Should I close the group now so that you can make a recording that's not too long and then just let us chat? Well, I think you disappeared. So I think I'm going to formally close the meeting as far as the recording part goes, and we'll give 10 seconds of silence to make it easier for them to edit, and then we can just chit-chat, guys. Okay, so start counting one Mississippi now. We'll let them edit here. Okay, I think we've given them enough space to push stop on the recording and or to edit out any noise, and now we'll just chit-chat for a while. If you want to hang around and do that, I think Bob's fine with that. I'll be back in just a minute. I'm answering a text. This is Annie. Um, I'm going to go. I, I have to get ready for a week-long training, and I'm still packing and all that stuff. But um, I really uh, I had a good time tonight, and it was great getting to know everybody. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye, Annie. Thanks a lot for joining. Well, the person I was texting with disappeared, so I'm back. <laughs>
Well, we've closed on the recording, so Bob won't have such a massive thing to edit. I think he's going to do the editing on it this time. But we're just chit-chatting now. I had a question. I, you know, I want to know about these. I should can ask on the list, too, but these writers' workshops, I was always phobic to go to one because uh, everybody would be typing away and passing their manuscripts around, and I wouldn't be able to read them. It depends on what kind of conference you go to. I went to one in January. I was the only blind person in attendance. As with anything, you need to shop around, find one that works for you. I found one that was local to my state. It's called, excuse me, Tennessee Writers. Hang on a minute. What's that? Tennessee Mountain Writers. And I went to a January Jumpstart meeting um, in this past January. It was the most wonderful experience. I did 